understanding that opened in 2012. And right. we are in the high-end level of practicing that and becoming more aware of it between now and 2022. In 2022, things will shift again. And not many people are talking about that, but around sometime around October of 2022, there will be another evolutionary leap and another shift. In terms of thinking of we instead of me, and then the synchronicity of listening to you channel or speak uh, through Pierre and Cullen and say, think in, your, think in terms of we, when you think of yourself, don't think of me, think of we. Do you want to expand on that a bit before we go? It's a way of taking your consciousness out of your individual ideas about who you are and your place in the world. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain. As always, wonderful to be with you again. Well, I have a couple of galactic gods and goddesses with me today, Palladians, <laughs> Pia and Cullen. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Karen. We're delighted to be with you today. We've been anticipating this interview for a long time since we first con you contacted us. So we're really happy to be here with you. Oh, lovely. Oh, that's nice to know that you've been anticipating. Yes, I know I, I book people sort of a few months in advance and uh, and I've kind of ramped it up since we've all been in lockdown and I've been doing a lot more people lately. So I've been doing about at least three, three online things a week recordings. So it's been a busy time, very busy time. But I've been all immersed in the beautiful work that you're bringing through over the last couple of days, the Palladian collective i think you call it the elders the palladian elders collective is it the elders well, that's two separate things we work oh. with a collective called florkma mm -hmm. which is a group of pleiadians specifically working with us in teamwork but they have a pleiadian elders council that occasionally oh. the pleiadian elders council also comes to us and talks to us but generally for the public it's generally the, the group of Lorkma that speaks Oh, okay. Oh, beautiful. Thank you for sorting that out. Uh, look, I've got lots of things to ask you, but let me read your, your bios, both of your bios, because you're both fascinating. So Cullen Baird Smith is trained as an in archaeology and anthropology, <laughs> which is fascinating, and is an empath intuitive who has been accessing parallel realms of love and light since you're a child. I want to quiz you about that. And Pia Orlean, a PhD, is a former practicing psychologist and intuitive as well, astrologer. What does it say here? Respective intuitive astrologer and author of the Nautilus Gold Award-winning book, Sacred Retreats, Using Natural Cycles to Recharge Your Life. Now, you've both uh, co-authored a few books one is Wisdom from the Stars series, the Palladian Earth Energy Astrology, Charting the Spirals of Consciousness. That's one book, the Palladian Earth Energy Astrology, Charting the Spirals of Consciousness. Conversations with Lakma, 
a Palladian view of the new reality and remembering who we are, LACMA's guidance on healing and the human condition. Cullen and Pia have also co-authored the revolutionary 2020 Palladian Earth Energy Calendar, which actually looks fascinating, the, the calendar. I wish I had it. <laughs> anyway, we can always get it. They live in Europe. So you're in Cyprus in Europe. Yes. Which is beautiful. I'm going to quiz you what took you to Cyprus. And for more information, you can visit their websites for personal sessions and books and calendars and all sorts of things at larkma.com. It's L-A-A-R-K-M-A-A.com or peerorlean.com. Alrighty, now I want to ask you how this all happened for you because I saw you on Kevin Moore's show. God bless Kevin Moore. Love what Kevin's doing with his show. He's got the channeling, you know, mini series and he's interviewing people all over the world. And there's a few that I resonate with, so I uh, reach out. And um, I loved what I was hearing you bring forth, but I also loved your story about how it all came together and that the fact that it needs both your energies to come through, was, which was really fascinating. How did all this start? Who wants to go first? Well, it started on Colin's birthday one year. Uh, we were having a, a celebra celebration dinner. And we lived high in the mountains with no outside connections to anything except a shortwave radio. And suddenly the shortwave radio turned itself on. Exactly at my birth time. Wow. Interesting. We kind of looked at each other and said, that's interesting, and got up and turned it off and continued with the meal. The next day, at exactly the same time, the shortwave radio turned itself on again. It did this several days until we finally unplugged it. it. Made no difference. It turned on at the same time again. I love that. At that point, we we stood in the room and we said, "Who's here? What can we do for you? What do you want?" And we began to get thought form messages, not in our ears but in our minds, as, as though it was telepathically being transmitted to us. And we listened for a, a few minutes. And we looked at each other and we said, one of us said, this is what I heard. And the other one would say, that's exactly verbatim the same words I just heard. And we thought, okay, we're not crazy. We're actually getting this together simultaneously, so it must be real. Fast forward, after trying to take notes as they were communicating with us for a while, we eventually started recording the conversations. Well, you left out a step. Yes. Um, I did fast forward. You, you way fast forwarded. We, we listened to these thought ideas for days, maybe two weeks. And then we spontaneously began to speak out loud what they were saying. And we were speaking together at the same time. And we thought, we can't keep up. This is too much information. They were talking about binary numbers. They were talking about physics. They were talking about future medicine, future travel. It, it was amazing. And at that point, once we were speaking, go ahead. That's when we started recording the messages. Now, the interesting thing is we have asked them why we don't get the messages independently why they don't come through just Cullen or just through me. Mm -hmm. And they say that the reason for that is because our energies are so diametrically opposite. 
we have the same worldview, the same love, the same heartbeat, but the way we approach things is absolutely opposite on any subject. And they said that characteristic of our coupledom allows us to completely cancel out any filterization we might have as individuals. So they do not come through us unless we're actually physically touching. Wow. So, so what, what we do as channelers, and by the way, LARCMA doesn't like the term channeling. They think that's an antiquated, very old way of explaining bringing wise information to humanity from a, a wiser source. They like to call it synchronizing. Oh, I love that. Sorry, go on. We, yes, we, we like that too because mm. it's a two-way street. Instead of just an energy or an entity speaking to humans with no interaction or no feedback, they were only interested in learning from us as we learn from them. So it's a really, really interesting back and forth system. And that's basically why they don't like the word channeling per se. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, we have to, as humans with linear mind views, we have to try and wrap these brains around what's happening in some, you know, give it some label, I suppose. But I think that uh, synchronizing, I love that. You know, I had a um, kind of a realization, I was in the shower and I was being shown a ship during the fires. And I had this realization that rather than me being given the images, I was connecting with an aspect of myself that's already out of body that was viewing the ship it, it, it was kind of a different you know like i hadn't thought about it like, like i keep thinking that i'm being given stuff like i'm receiving images like i'm being given information but then i had this perspective of reaching up and connecting with an aspect of me that is viewing it yeah so i don't know what you call that that's like synchronizing that we word synchronizing with another aspect of myself so do you okay so when this started happening to you, you were obviously both working as intuitives and healers. And so it wasn't like completely out of left center. It was just something extraordinary, like on top of what you were already doing, right? I, I think we could say it wasn't really a surprise because right. in, in our introduction that you, you gave to your audience, we've been unusual in a little bit different since our childhoods. So yeah. we've been communicating with, with the Fey Kingdom, fairies, angels. angels. We've been communicating since childhood. We're, nice. we're two people who, who never forgot. Many children are right. able to do these things, but when they become socialized at age, let's say four to six, or when they enter school, they begin to drop away from these understandings because it's no longer appropriate socially for them to be like that. Pia and I never stepped away from it. It's been a continuous loop from the beginning. So to answer your question, no, it really wasn't that great of a, a leap for us. Right. Ah, beautiful. Do you recognize that who you're, who's communicating, who you're synchronizing with is another aspect of yourself? Like, no, or is it, no. Well, not not from a third dimensional perspective, from a multidimensional perspective. From a multidimensional perspective, yeah. From unity consciousness, they 
Martma has taught us the Mayan term in Lakesh, which means I am another yourself. Right. So in that respect, I would say absolutely. Well, let, let's go back to, to the very beginning. When we were asking questions before we actually knew who they were, one of the things they said very quickly was, we are six of one and one of six. Mm -hmm. And we had no idea what they meant. And we said, could you please explain that? And they said, yes. We are six individuals with individual ideas, individual opinions, individual energies, yet we work as a combined unit of one unity. And so that to me helps us understand that yes, we are part of them in another dimension. In another dimension. So they are a distinct group of six working as one and we are two. But over the years since we've been working with them, they have said we are now eight of one and one of eight, including us as part of, as part of their energetic makeup. Ah, right. Beautiful. Well, I love the way they say we are Lakma. <laughs> oh, you're, pronouncing it, you're pronouncing it very well. Well, I, you know, I've got a bit of a thing. It says that my internet's a bit unstable. I don't know what's going on, but anyway, we'll, we'll soldier on. So my mother, you know, I put that capital A in my name and people that watch my shows are going to like, oh, there she is talking about the name again. But <laughs> I, I pronounce my name Karen, not Karen. And mum was insistent that people call me that and not Karen. And Karen is the sort of norm. It's, you know, I was at school with five Karens, but that hard A. And there's something about the sound of the hard A which activates something. It's the hand, sound of the heart chakra. So from Larkma's point of view, what, why the long hard A? Well, You've just said it. You, it's, it's interesting. Okay. Um, and we have to apologize for not pronouncing your name correctly. <laughs> That's okay. We, we do, we do know it. some Karens around the world, yeah. but we didn't know you pronounced it like that. Um, the reason they pronounce it Larkma uh -huh. is because they use musical tones and mathematical tones as their mode of communication. They don't have a verbal way of speaking as we humans do. And so when we said, can you tell us what your name is? They initially said, we can't because you won't be able to pronounce it. Right. And we said, just give it a try. Give us something that we can use. And that's when they sang their name to us in that, in that way. Mm -hmm. And you're quite right about the A's. They have taught us the value of di different tonal sounds that we make. Yeah. And that we're talking about, car and lark. That yeah. A is only about opening the heart chakra. Yeah, because you say heart, you don't say hat. <laughs> well, um, maybe some people do, but you know, like like Karen, you know, you say heart, like heart. I have a friend who changed her name. She had a galactic awakening. She tried to kill herself and then had a gag, and um, or I, I, she had an accident. I don't know if she tried to kill herself and then woke up on. I think she had a bit of a walk in, but she changed her name to the the A A A A, Ananara, like there was A A A A in it. And then I had another girlfriend who, whose baby was born on the 2nd of the 2nd, 2002, like 2222222. And she was going to call her something like Priscilla or Jenny or something. And her five-year-old said, you cannot call the baby that. 
And the mother said, why not? She said, it's so old generation. You have to call her Lara. And again, that mm. double hard A. And um, this is the five-year-old telling the mother. And she goes, okay. <laughs> so it's really interesting. <laughs> the five-year-old you. But anyway, she's not five anymore. They're adults now. Okay, so let's get it. So it started coming through you. And you, it, was just, it was just a natural progression. The let's go back to the story when you started speaking and you started recording what they were saying and then what happened well they after about two or three months we talked to them every day sometimes multiple times a day and after two or three months they said would you be willing to speak our wisdom in public and P and I looked at each other and went, what? You want us to go public with this? And they said, yes, we do. We contacted you in order to help humanity. Yeah. And if you will speak what we have to share with humanity, it will make a difference in the world. And we thought about it for a few days and, and we said, yes, we will do that. And probably within four or five months, we invited a few select friends to our home, sat them down, and we began to speak Larkma. Wow. From there, after they got accustomed to that, we arranged weekly gatherings in various places around the country. We would have one every week, sometimes twice a week, for people to come. And at that point, Larkma said, it's time to put this in a book. Right. And we said, what, again? And they said, just take the recordings that you have of what we've said and put them in a book. So that was the origin of Conversations with Larkma. After Conversations with Larkma came out, they approached us again and said, it's time for the second book. We want to talk about healing the human condition. And Cullen said, dictate it to us and we'll write it out. And they did. So that's the way our work with them has gone. We stepped away from our other professions um, because this was too fulfilling and too important. So we let go of the other things that we had been doing. So how long ago was that? Oh, you froze. There's one interesting... They, they contacted us almost 20 years ago. 20 yeah. years ago, right. And so it's been a while. Do they... So they call themselves Palladian. The Palladies... Can we just talk a little bit about the Palladies and what that is? It's a, it's a star system, isn't it? It's a... It's like a, I don't know, constellation. And there's many planets in the Pallades. Is that right? Yes. Did, so is Larkma a, um, are they in sort of physical form? Are they having an incarnation? They're not sort of spirit beings or light beings. Uh, did they explain that to you? Yes. They are in wave form. Oh. Um, we have actually seen them. Uh -huh. It looks like wavy energy moving in front of you but they have the ability to shape shift they can shape shift into any form they choose for any purpose that they choose but i need we need to make one clarification larkma comes from very much farther out in the universe and from a much much older society than the existing star system of the pleiades okay they are using the pleiades and they refer to pleiadian wisdom because they resonate with that culture there, that society, and because the Pleiades is so close to Earth. Because it's a close point to Earth, it allows all those who want to work with humanity 
to be able to be close in closer proximity. So they, they, they call themselves Pleiadian simply so humans can have a, a identity. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. So they've basically evolved beyond uh, some form of physicality and they're in waveform, as you say, but they're still having an incarnation in some aspect of density. So they're not, um, they're not pure spirit as we are when we, I don't know how to even explain it, like when we die and go back to the spirit side, as Garnet calls it. They're, they're incarnating into a form, even though it's a waveform, still, there's still a soul incarnating into some experience. Would that be right? Yes, yes. yes. Okay. Yes. And, and I, I might as well tell you, we've seen them in so many different guises. They, they have shown themselves to us as animals, as okay. I, I, all kinds of different beings to show us that they are able to, as Pia said, shapeshift energetically into ideas that humans have a better understanding of. Instead of thinking them as just waveform, this amorphous mm -hmm. energy that, that can be anywhere, anytime through, through their thought process, they can actually come to earth, look like a human, look like a deer, look like a bear, they can look like whatever they wish in order for us to actually be able to say, yes, I see them, I understand. Additionally, they're trying to teach us how to shapeshift. Right. Because they say every human's ability, which yes. is why they have demonstrated shapeshifting to Colin and me. Okay, so in some of the recordings that you sent me to listen to, a woman asks about incarnating into an animal. And I know there's a lot of animal lovers on the planet who, you know, there's a lot of argument about are animals more highly evolved than humans or do you incarnate out of animal form and in, you know, upgrade to human form. Like there's all sorts of arguments about. And what Larkma said was that if you're on an evolutionary human experience, you usually don't go back into animal form. But if you're a highly evolved soul, as you're talking about, you can definitely take on the form or the shape or the body of an animal. Do, do you want to expand on that? They also say that animals are more highly evolved than humans are in many ways because animals act on intuition and heart yeah. energy. Mm. We act on mind energy, what we think we should do, what we've been trained to do. And that's a lower evolutionary process. We've been trained that to evolve, we have to think all these things. And the true evolutionary path, according to the Pleiadians, is to expand the heart. So they would say that anything that is open-hearted, whether it is in human form or animal form, is a higher evolutionary step. Yes, it might be a higher evolutionary step, but being human is definitely more challenging to a soul that is all heart. So it's kind of confusing. So people say, you know, the earth experience, the human consciousness is like preschool compared to other forms of consciousnesses in other dimensions or planets. You know, they're more love and light, more connected. But for a soul that is love and light, that is unconditional love, to incarnate into such a density, you have to be a more advanced soul to take on that sort of challenge. 
you know, to that sort of forgetting. So it's almost like we might be in preschool in our evolution and consciousness, but in order to have this experience, we have to kind of be at university level to even, even cope to come here because it's much easier as a spirit to incarnate into higher density forms and not have so much of a challenge and then to get used to wearing density, to having forgetfulness. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's <laughs> same with being an animal. It's easier to incarnate into an animal form because you're running on intuition than it is to be a human where you, you've got all these crazy thoughts and you've got to deal with the mind. Yeah, yes. so... Well, someone told me years ago during, during my search of trying to understand the universe, they said, planet Earth is not a holiday planet. Planet, <laughs> planet Earth is a school that helps us understand how to evolve, that, that the lessons we have to learn, all of the, the trials and tribulations are all purposefully here in order for us to evolve. Yeah. So this experience, although many people say, why did I incarnate here? It's I so know. hard. Mm. It's so difficult. Mm. We all chose to be here. If, if mm. we're here, we came here voluntarily. And I can tell you in my life, sometimes I question that myself because it, it's been a ride. It has been a challenge to be here for many, many reasons. However, I know I chose to be here. It's just that I probably didn't read the fine print on the back of the contract. No, you totally read it. Look, I've spoken to so many ET souls, I suppose, that look at the Earth experience and they're having their lovely ET experience where density is not as... And they say, oh, I can totally cope with that. You know, pile on the contrast. I'll deal with it. And then they come in, you know, death, divorce, disease, depression. And then they're like, what was I thinking? Anyway, <laughs> Absolutely. From, from that perspective, we're like, I've got this handled, you know, I can cope with that. But from this perspective, a whole different story. But anyway, yeah. The answer to the solution to the dichotomy there is that those of us who are aware of this evolutionary process, we are here to demonstrate how to do it. Yeah. So therefore, the hardest challenges, the most difficult circumstances, because we have to teach by example at every level absolutely absolutely and make hard a walk in the park right make yes. hard make hard a walk in the park so getting back to the pallades i'm a bit fascinated about other star systems what density i know that density is just a human identification concept or construct but for the purpose of our human linear minds what density does the Pallades exist in? Is it, is it different densities depending on different system, uh, planets or is that sort of universe or system one density? Well, one of the things Larkma is trying to get humanity to awaken to is to stop the hierarchical linear thinking. Okay. So, so we're moving into fifth density. We're going up to the fifth level now. And that Larkma says, that's ridiculous. You're moving from third dimensional limited perspective based on duality into multidimensionality. You're making an evolutionary leap. And when you're in multidimensionality, you can visit fifth, 12th, 6th, 9th, 
doesn't matter. You can even come back third. Your evolutionary process is to stop thinking linearly, stop assigning linear values to varying things, and mm -hmm. open to multidimensionality with no limits. One, one thing that we learned through LARCMA was at the supposed end of the Mayan calendar in 2012, mm -hmm. what so many people, scholars, researchers, historians, were led to believe that, that the world would end mm -hmm. in 2012, that the calendar just stopped. But LARCMA helped us understand that the only thing that happened was the world ended as we know it. It didn't end. It simply transformed into another energy. And until 2012, we were only able, as humans, to perceive in three dimensions. They explained to us that at the end of the calendar, all of the dimensions that are available to anyone, anywhere, not just us humans on Earth, became simultaneous and that we can visit, encounter, or experience any dimension now at any time. And that takes away the hierarchical valuation of fifth is lower than sixth, yeah. seventh is lower than ninth. And yeah. we really like this explanation because it allows us a much broader spectrum of being able to experience anything we want instead of being relegated to only the fourth or the fifth in sequence. There's one other I love that. Can I just, just respond to that? Because yes. I had a conversation on the last show with a beautiful young man. We were talking about the law of one, uh, channeled information that came in the early 80s. You've heard of it. And they mm -hmm. were saying that 2012 was moving out of third density into fourth density, which is a more unified experience. Um, but then there are people like you that have been able to experience multidimensionality before 2012 so it wasn't like it wasn't available because there were plenty of people on the planet that were already doing it it just became more broadly available right more widely available uh, maybe i don't know you needed to come in with a certain frequency in order to access your multidimensionality, and then at 2012 now everyone can do it is that how it works not really. 2012 Not really. to 2022 is a practice period. 2012, there was a magnificent shift that we had waited for as humanity for a long, long time, opening the doors to possibility. Now, just because all of a sudden everybody gets free access into college doesn't mean that they'll all go. Okay. But the doors to understanding that opened in 2012. And right. we are in the high-end level of practicing that and becoming more aware of it between now and 2022. In 2022, things will shift again. And not many people are talking about that, but around sometime around October of 2022, there will be another evolutionary leap and another shift. So we're in the practice mode from 2012 to 2022. 10 is a Pleiadian number or universal number for challenge and manifestation. That means that we have the opportunity in this practice period to begin to see all challenges as opportunities and to yeah. manifest something better. So that's what we're doing in this time period. Yeah. As to others like us who came in knowing this, experiencing this beforehand, I think I would have to go back to saying it's, it's teaching by example. Not mm -hmm. that we were teachers, not that we are gurus, we're not. We're just like anybody else. 
we just recognized and could see the multidimensional aspects of reality and we never forgot. Mm -hmm. So we came in early to be able to demonstrate that and to help others see that there's other ways to look at things. Um, I, I, I want to answer a, another part of your question too. In every time space, in every epoch, in, in, every, in every age, there have always been people who seem to be more connected to abnormal or unusual knowledge or circumstances. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the Renaissance was an absolutely beautiful example of that. There was so much interest in science for the first time and art. There, there were so many things that, that grew out of the Renaissance era and every so many years things change and people are able to contact other realms, other situations and I think there have always been a few people in all of these stages of our human evolution who were a little bit more connected, not special, not, not better than, but just able to, to connect possibly to a much larger scope, much larger picture. And I think P and I, although we're no more special than anyone else. We've been switched on since birth. We didn't, we didn't, we, didn't forget. we apparently didn't forget. I, I have a funny little way of saying this. Almost everybody gets a forget shot. When they reincarnate each time, they get a shot that says, you will not remember where you came from. You will not have the wisdom and the knowledge that you've already previously experienced. Apparently, P and I, maybe we ran around the, the, the tree or we ran around the, the, the building or something. And I don't think we were inoculated because when we were tiny, tiny children, we had all these experiences that no one else understood. We, we couldn't really communicate it to very many people because nobody understood what we were undergoing. And there have always been people like that. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know why, I'm not sure, except for what Pia just explained about being able to teach by example. Yeah. Well, I had Susie Hansen on a Facebook Live with me the other day, who's a dual soul. She's connected to the greys. And we were talking about the uh, three waves of volunteers, the, the volunteer program. So the souls that, volunteered to come to earth to help move consciousness along she said that the greys describe the consciousness of earth like stagnant water at the side of a river there's this consciousness that flows but the earth consciousness has sort of been stagnant where and all the um debris and dirt and you know stuff gathers in that stagnant water while the rest of the universe is you know flowing and so she said, you know, we talked about the volunteer program. And I suspect that people that come to earth that don't take that inoculation, as you say, of total forgetfulness are just a part of that program to just move the consciousness along to, to be, to teach through example. Yeah. I think that's a great analogy that you just used. Yeah. When did you two meet? Like how long ago did you guys meet? Did you recognize each other as soon as you met? Oh, instantly. You're giving me goosebumps. Absolutely. There's another thing before we tell about how we met. We have since discovered, since we met, that, well, we grew up on opposite coasts of America. Cullen grew up on the West Coast and I grew up on the East Coast. But we had simultaneous life experiences from the time we were born 
until we're met. Certain milestones, certain things happened in our lives all the way along, identically for both of us. When we met, which was the same time that Lartma came to us, we met at the same time, almost two decades ago. Okay. We met, and things started happening. We, <laughs> everything just shifted. Our whole world shifted when we met. But the night we met was very serendipitous. I had been in a training session, and I stopped to visit with a friend in the city where Cullen was living. And I spent the day visiting with my friend, and my friend said, you're too tired. Why don't you just stay overnight? You can go home tomorrow. I've got a spare apartment. Just stay here. So I stayed in my friend's spare apartment, and just before the end of the day, my friend said, out of nowhere, there's a gallery on this road you need to go visit. Go left at this stop sign right here and walk, and you'll find what you need. Little did I know he had sent me up to a street full of Santa Fe, New Mexico's most famous art galleries. Ooh. None of them belonged to my attention. That one, I was absolutely mesmerized. I was looking in the window. I knew there was beautiful things. The energy of the place just pulled me. So. Pia was looking in the windows. Um, I'll try to make this brief. It's a really long and interesting <laughs> story. Um, this gallery was not a painting style art gallery. It was a Native American antiquities gallery. It was filled with beautiful antique artifacts. Beautiful. I was there because a friend asked me, because I was an anthropologist and an archeologist, to help him open this gallery. And I said, yes, I will help you do that. I was there for a number of years. I had taken a, a hiatus or a sabbatical for my normal work. Pia shows up, it's late at night, the gallery is closed. I see her outside looking in and I think, I'm very tired, I wanna meditate or eat or go to sleep. And the owner of the gallery also saw Pia and said, um, that person looks very interested, let her in. And I said, no, I'm going away. <laughs> And he said, uncharacteristically, he said, no, you need to open the door because I had already locked the door. And I, I gave in and I said, okay, I will do that. I opened the door and I looked out and I said, hi, would you like to come in? And she said, no, 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 I can see you're closed. And I said, no, you're welcome, come in. I followed her around, I, I locked the door after she came in. I followed her around the gallery, a very large, oh, um, 2,000 square meter space, very large gallery. I followed her around like a puppy dog for an hour. <laughs> I could not separate our energies. At that wow. point, I needed to buy something from this very nice man who had opened the door for me. So I requested looking at some of the baskets that I was enjoying outside in the window. And he pulled them out of the countertop. And as he put them on the counter for me to reach to see them, electric sparks went from him to me instantly. It was just literally shocking. So then I did something that sort of set the tone for our entire relationship. He had pulled out two baskets. And I said, which one do you like better? And he said, I like this one because the archaeological designs and the symmetry, blah, 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 all of those things. And I said, okay, I'll take the other one. The other one. 
<laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I can't take the other one. <laughs> she, cho she chose the one that had a free-form design, a, a design from nature rather than the geometric one I was showing her. So after I had made the purchase, I looked at Cullen and I said, would you like to go for a walk with me? And he's... I didn't hesitate. I said, yes. And, and against my better judgment, I was, I was tired. I truly wanted to meditate or eat or sleep. I just said, yes, I will. And we went for a two or three hour walk into the evening. We walked all along the river in Santa Fe, and he walked me back to where I was staying, and we sat outside at a table in chairs under the new moon and just had the most amazing, magnificent connection. When the evening was over with, he said, I don't do email, and I said, me either. And he said, but I will write you letters if you will write me back. And I said, I promise I will write you back. So I drove home the next morning, Many hours many, distant. Many, hours distance from where I was visiting. It took me a you know, whole day to get there. And I waited for four days and no, no letter came. On the fourth day, I said, that's it. I'm writing him. So I wrote him a letter, and it started a very long process of our writing letters back and forth every day. His letter was written on the same day as mine, and they crossed in the mail. So wow. we started writing. And Every day, I was working 90 hours a week then, doing volunteer work at a prison with a full psychological practice, caring for elderly parents. I, was, I had 90-day weeks. So I would get up in the morning, and I would go to work, and I would come home and stop at the post office, pick up his letter, go home, have a cup of tea, read his letter, write my reply, drop it off in the morning on the way to work. And that went on for six and a half months. Wow. Okay. So Your turn. Here, here's the strange part. When Pia left the gallery that night, I gave her three phone numbers. I gave her my cell number, the cell number of the gallery, and the hardwired number of the gallery. She chose not to give me any phone numbers. So <laughs> playing, after hard, six, playing hard to get. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> She was, being, she was being very, very careful. So, so after six and a half months, I wrote her a very short letter. Our letters were 20 or 30 pages apiece every day. I, I wrote her a very terse, short letter, and I said, is there anything wrong with communicating by phone? That was it. That's all I wrote her. Two days later, I got a very short message with three phone numbers. So he called me. And the first thing that he said when he called me was, I love you. Will you spend the rest of your life with me? <laughs> and I said, yes, I will. Oh. Now, we had each other in six and a half months. So it was electric sparks and magnet through, mag magic through the letters. And when we made the commitment that we'd spend our lives together, we had to figure out how to do it physically. Yeah, then it... Th then all the logistics had to come into place. Like, you live here, I live there. Yep. Well, we worked it out. And you worked it out. So the end of this little story is Larkma contacted us as soon as we became a couple. Within, within weeks of that telephone communication, right. I left where I was and joined Pia where she was. And then we left together. And then we left together. But... <clears throat> At that very beginning of us starting a life together, 
LARPMA began doing very strange and wonderful things to let us know that they were actually there months before they started speaking to us. You know, what's interesting is that you said at the beginning, you have to be physically touching in order to bring them through. So they absolutely made sure that you guys were going to be together in order to do this work. So you obviously had to move in together and to start the work. And where did you, which side of the country did you choose to move to? <laughs> All over the place. We, 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 tried, we tried to find a universal place that we felt we both enjoyed and that was energetically compatible with the work that we were beginning to do. And we, we literally flew and drove cross-country many times trying to find the right place. It took us into a pattern of living in a place for a year and a half to three years, and then we moved to another place. It was a constant thing of moving because we didn't find the energy that resonated with us. And finally, we loved Europe. We went to Europe ever since we started bringing Larkman to the world publicly. We used to go to Europe every single year in the summer. And finally, one day we said, why are we still here in America? So we moved to Europe. And that became a magical place of finding the right place. And we went from country to country to country. And now we are here settled in the birthplace of Venus, Cyprus. I've been to Cyprus. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Okay. Well, well, I, I um, now I'll begin to bring Larkma through. I wrote down quite a few questions. I can ask you guys, I'm sure that you could answer them, uh, you know, without having LACMA, because you've been channeling the work for 20 odd years. Uh, should I ask you or LACMA? That's up to you. It's, if, you would like, if you would like to experience LARCMA, we'd be happy to bring them to you. However, if you However. want to talk to us, you best talk to us first, because we might be a bit fuzzy after we bring Latma through. There's a little transition there that has to go on to come back into 3D after being synchronized and multidimensionality. Well, let me just ask you a few more questions, because a lot of people that watch my shows and, and that are a part of my online tribe are channelers, are healers, are, are getting into their psychic ability or wanting to know more about their psychic ability. So how does this, you know, donning this frequency affect you as humans and, 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 and in your daily life, living that 3D life? Does it enhance <laughs> it? Does it make it difficult? Do you find your energy doesn't match other people? Like how, what, what happens? Well, I think the, the, the basic fundamental thing to answer your question, even though your question is multifaceted, mm. we are absolutely energized. We are absolutely brought into a higher and higher and higher frequency every time we're in Larkma's presence. Mm -hmm. um, it, it can be ecstatic. It can be overwhelmingly filled with joy. One thing that P and I noticed over the years, we both listened to channels and trans channels all of our adulthood before we became what we are. Mm -hmm. Many channelers have told us that their channeling depletes them or tires them out or 
takes their energy away from them. We have absolutely the opposite. And I think the reason for that is because if a person is channeling information through one way and there's no balancing force there to keep their filters out, their internal dichotomy and questions is what tires them out, not the energy that they're channeling. It's their own internal resistance, controversy, resistance. Yes, yes yeah. I think. I, I know. Yeah, this is how I, I'd explain it. When it first happened to me, I was massaging a Hollywood movie star and I started channeling this information for her. And what happened to me was I felt like my, my head was physically expanding, like it yes. felt visceral. It felt visceral. Yes. And I'm massaging this woman thinking, what's happening to me? What's happening? Because I felt like my ears were going to touch the walls. But I had a headache after that for three days. Like mm. I wasn't in alignment with the amount of energy that came through. So my yes. own resistance, my own self-criticism, my own self-loathing or, you know, like my own stuff felt greater in contrast to the energy that's coming through. And I think that's what channels talk about when they say they're exhausted because yes. they come back into their own default programming and then that feels so much worse once you've been in that energy. Does that make sense? It does, it yes. does, absolutely. I can tell you that, that during, during our travels, taking Larkma around the world, or maybe they took us around the world, I'm not sure which way it actually happened. Um, yeah. sometimes, sometimes we would be speaking in multiple places on the same day and doing private sessions late, late into the night. And for a normal person, that would be so taxing, that would be so energy zapping, that simply did not happen to us. The more we spent time with LARCMA, the, the actual vibrational energy that we were feeling would increase, increase, increase. We were able to travel, whether it was in America or Canada or Europe or South America, wherever it was, Russia, wherever we were traveling, the busier we got, the healthier and the more energized we became. So it was definitely a boost to, to our spiritual evolution, evolution to be doing the work. Well, it sounds like you've obviously done a lot of work before LACMA came through, done your own processing, because we're all programmed with limiting ideas about who we are. So it sounds like you've kind of done that before LACMA came through. And, and we think that's a really important point, Karen, yeah. Yeah. because when P and I came together as a late couple, mm -hmm. We had already done most of the work that you're speaking of. Yeah. We had already finished those phases of, of our shadow work. And I think that was necessary before Larkma decided to get us together that night and begin this, this true work that we came here to do. So I think you're absolutely right about that. Yeah. So for anyone who's wanting to channel that's important part of the work is to clean up your own mess before you start bringing it through. Otherwise you're going to experience that exhaustion uh, because you feel the contrast within, you know, your own programming and, and the flow of the energy you're bringing through. Yeah. Yes, we completely yes. agree. Mm. 
Okay, what else do I want to quiz you? Anything you want to tell me before you bring Lachma through? Look, I could ask you a million questions, but we haven't got all night or, or day. We're going to be visiting Australia, bringing Lachma to Australia for the first time in this coming December. So we're excited to bring Lachma to your country. I saw that you're going to go to the Cosmic Conference, Cosmic Con... Now, what does she call it? They're friends of mine, Catherine and... Um, Mick, thanks, Mick. <laughs> yeah, but they usually do it in January, and I saw that they're doing it in December this year. Well, they've, they've changed the date because December 20, 21, and 22 is hopefully going to be an exceedingly important, auspicious, energetic time. It's a, a cosmic lineup of certain planetary influences that will open portals for humanity's jumpstart to another evolutionary state. So we're absolutely going to be there to be a part of it. We're presenting and doing workshops and we're really looking forward to it. Are you only going to do that at Uluru or are you going to come to Sydney as well or Melbourne or Brisbane or other major cities? We, we hope to be able to do a round robin of a number of cities so that we can meet and contact as many people in Australia as possible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And how did Mick and uh, Catherine find you? There's something online that they saw and then they got the books and they read the books and then they watched the videos and some of our interviews and the next thing we knew, Mick emailed us and he said, can you please come participate? Actually, he wanted us to come for this past January. Yes. Mm. The universe didn't want us to go this past January because the email went into spam. I found it months later. And it was too late. And it was too late. And I contacted him immediately and said, I didn't mean to ignore you. I just found this in spam. I'm so sorry. We'd love to come. And he said, we're already, we're already filled for January. Mm -hmm. Can we please count on you to come in December? Mm -hmm. And so we said, yes, we will definitely come in December. And that was the start of it. Catherine told us that, that when Mick first contacted any knowledge about LARCMA, he had an instant resonance. She said he was excited. He felt that what we were doing was absolutely true and that he could hardly wait to meet us and Larkma. So Aww. he was very, very interested in, in getting to know us. There you go. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, he's got a fascinating story. I can't get him on the show. He's a bit shy. He was a diver and he died and had a near-death experience. And um, I've, I've asked him many times to come and share his story uh, on camera, but he won't do it. Maybe he will one day, I don't know. But I've had Catherine on the show a few times. She, she's, before they got together, because uh, they're a bit like you doing the work together, she was working as a hypnotherapist. I think she's still doing that. But um, I, I think the conferences that they put on take up most of their time these days. Oh, beautiful. So you'll be down under. All right, well, we'll have to chat about that after I turn the recording off. <laughs> I'm sure that's what you want to chat about. <laughs> And should we ask Larkma to come through? <laughs> yes, yes. It'll it'll just take us a minute. Um, Hello, dear one. We are Larkma. Please, <laughs> your heart song how you call yourself. Pardon, say that again? Sorry, I missed that. We would like to have your heart song, heart song. how you call yourself. 
I call myself Karen. Lovely to meet you, Lagma. Lagma? Karen, it is lovely to meet you. And we were happy to share with your audience. Oh, beautiful. So what do I want to ask you? Increased radiation. So Pierre and Cullen sent me some uh, recordings of you uh, talking. And a lot of what that you were talking about for humans was talking about moving our physical bodies from a carbon-based form to a liquid crystalline form. Now, there's been a lot of people that have spoken about this. Is this something that's imminent or is this going to take a long time for humans to evolve into a more liquid crystalline physical form? Like, is it decades, hundreds of years? Is it imminent? Is it well, different for everyone? We will describe liquid crystalline form. Mm -hmm. Liquid simply means moving into waveform, being less stuck in your static physical form of who you think you are. It's more of a fluid mental state, emotional state, which then reflects into your physicality. Crystalline means light. It is not quartz crystals. It is light that is pouring into you, meaning that you shed all the density, all of the shadows that have kept you traumatized and stuck in old patterns of belief and behavior. So crystalline is light-filled. As to when it happens, from our perspective, there is no such thing as time. Time is a construct that you are oppressed by in your third dimensional illusion. We see each now moment as opening opportunities so that you may either in one now moment continue in the illusion attached to your belief systems and staying on your steady diet that you're used to of whatever you do and whatever you eat, or you can in any now moment Shed all the traumas, all of the old belief systems, all of the old thinking, work through the emotions, and simultaneously move into opening all of your cells to let all the light that is available to you in the universe flood into your system, creating you as a crystalline piece of energy, one of the parts of the whole. So many, many people are experiencing what we call the cosmic weather. The cosmic weather is the increased radiation that is coming in now because your magnetosphere is weakened during the solar minimum. So more light and more radiation are coming through. Those who cling to the idea that this is the only reality will experience their belief system of being irradiated. Those who are working with light will recognize the light that's coming in from the radiation as an opportunity to burn out what no longer serves them in their minds, their emotions, and their physical, and they will be beings of light. They will transition into that. It's always a process, but the process is moving ever more quickly because as you move through this process, you also are very, very conscious of raising your vibration, yes? Yes, but aren't we already beings of light? that are having a dense physical experience? You are beings of light that have the curtains pulled. We are suggesting to pull those curtains open and let the light shine. And by the light that's coming in to the planet at this time, your light can reflect it back as a mirror. So you can mirror the light that you are by accepting the light that comes to you. 
So we see it as a mirroring process of what will happen. Additionally, as you are intent on raising your vibration to become all of who you truly are, the Schumann resonance is also increasing the radiate, increasing the vibratory experience. So you're experiencing a heightened sense of change in all of your system. The Schumann resonance is vibrating higher. You find yourselves moving into higher frequencies and that opens the portals for you to become more of the liquid and crystal body that you are. In other words, you will shed one form and move into another when and if you are ready. It depends on the choices you make in each now moment. What you choose to think, how you choose to respond to your emotions or react from your emotions, whether you use those emotions as signposts to tell you that you yourself are out of balance and to move back into your heart, what you eat, what you watch, everything is affecting your vibration and your evolutionary path. And each now moment is a choice. So the question, when will it happen, is dependent entirely upon when you choose it to, individually and collectively. Okay. Does that help? It does. What I'm thinking is it's a timeline choice. So as I'm listening to the information that you're bringing through, Malakma, it's not for every human that's currently experiencing this earth experience. It is for a select few that will transition into this experience that you speak about by choosing that timeline. Is this making, yeah. is this, is this right? But so it's not everybody. It's not like you're not talking about every human is going to move into this light form in a specific time frame. It's, it's what each evolutionary human is choosing, which timeline they're choosing. Some will choose different experiences. Some will choose the crystalline rainbow body experience. So that it's all about choice and choice really. Is that yes, right? Exactly choice. All will be cared for, but those who do not choose to evolve at this auspicious opportune time will be held in a holding pattern as they die out of this physical body. They will remain in a holding pattern and they will incarnate somewhere else to continue their lessons of karma. The earth is right. ascending. And so there will not be an earth for them to incarnate into when they come ready into earth again. They will be coming into another planet again. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a question many have posed. Um, the two earths, like will this old earth, yeah, the two earths, will that, a lot of people talk about the new earth. Do you speak about the new earth? Is it this yeah. current earth or is it another is it another earth that's already existing in another frequency that's already here now? We are already the ones who initiated the term, the new earth. Okay. We first brought that term to humanity many, many years ago. The idea is that the earth is moving into a higher frequency. And because you as humans are moving into multidimensional awareness, you will experience both this old third dimensional earth and the multidimensional higher frequency earth until you decide to make the choice to process yourselves into the new forms and move to the new earth. At some point along the way, there will be a, what we call a cosmic pop or a series of cosmic pops where the earth, the old earth, 
having had all of those who have made the choice to ascend with the new earth, having them already moved into position, the old earth will respond with earthquakes, volcanoes, intense fire and heat, intense earth situations to be like a phoenix and stop its existence. That is the point that many will be taken into a holding pattern while they wait for their next incarnation. But those who are ascending to the new earth will already be in place on the new earth. Understand that in multidimensionality, multiple things can happen at the same time, or what right. you call timeline. Yes. Yes, parallel universe, multidimensionality. It's, it's hard to get our linear brains wrapped around it, but it is making sense. Okay, so I know that you don't sort of speak in time because where you're from, there is no time. But this breaking down of the old third dimensional earth, is this in a, in a linear time frame? Can you put a linear time frame on that? Or is there a linear time for that? We started in 2011, telling you that all structures would begin to break apart, that you would be having magnificent sized earthquakes, volcanic activity, financial changes, political changes, we started telling humanity that in 2011. Mm -hmm. Shortly after we made this announcement publicly, you had the Fukushima earthquake. That was the beginning of the ripple of major changes. We have since told humanity that things would accelerate in 2017, 2018, 2019, and come to a point of enormous change in 2020. Right. You're at the place now of being required to make higher dimensional choices and to stop believing everything that you are told. To step outside and discern for yourself from your heart what is true and what is not. You are standing at a point of choice for all of human evolution because there is a choice to believe the lies of those who are trying to control your species or to say no and rebel against those lies and take back the power and control of your own evolution yourself. This is a year of fighting, but we say fight with light, fight with love, fight with discernment for the truth, fight for justice. Don't fight in the old style ways of we're right and you're wrong. That competitive spirit of fighting will not speed you forward on your evolution. You need to stand up for the truth and only accept the truth. You have been forced into what you are experiencing now socially all over the planet as an experiment to see how much you are able to be controlled. If you do not stand up against that now, artificial intelligence will be the major controlling force on this planet and human intelligence will be a thing that is long ceased. That's what's happening in 2020 and that's what your work is cut out to do. As you begin to make these choices, as you begin to awaken and see and experience the real truth, you take back your power when doing the light work that you came here to do. You take back your power to take control of your own evolutionary process on your own planet. Things will begin to be more what you envision by 2022 and the time frame that we see. You're working towards doing that, but this is the most critical period now in this now moment. Does that help you have some sense of time? Yes. Well, no, but yes, <laughs> this is the only moment I know. Um, 
Yes, this is the only moment. Look, I'm thinking fight. It's interesting that you use the word fight, but fight with love. The word love and fight are kind of opposing each other. So I don't know. You can live with love. I don't know if you can fight with love. But, you know, I was on the beach today, this afternoon, and they have all these restrictions on the beach. And as I'm not loving the restrictions, you know, they're these loud people. They've actually let us swim again. They weren't letting us swim. You know, we're talking about control. So the control has ramped up. But as I'm watching this control, I'm sitting there thinking or standing because I'm not allowed to sit. I'm thinking I could fight against this or I could just go with it because I've actually never experienced this before and it's not going to be forever. And I can love this experience rather than push against it. Is that what you're talking about? That is a wonderful explanation. When you said fight and love are opposites, we would like to point out that part of your journey is to unify all opposites. The point of duality is to be able to see opposite perspectives and weave them together in a unified fashion for harmony. That's the same thing. When we say fight with love, you automatically perceive fighting as being competitive. But right. when we say do it with love, it is doing exactly as you say. It is the aspect of saying, I'm going to love every experience that comes to me. But simultaneously, you have to discern the truth. So you can say, I'm going to enjoy this experience and meet it with love because this is what is happening. But I'm also going to open my eyes and stand up and say, we see what you're doing. We're not here because of this factor. We're here because you're trying to control us. That's fighting with love. You go along with what you're required to do, but you stand up and speak the truth. That's fighting with love. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Lakma. You know, in Sydney, we have a lot of young, beautiful, uh, what do I call them? Light beings that are all, that are seeing the truth, but they're not fighting with love. They're fighting with anger. And they're like, don't stand for this. This is wrong. You know, they're, and uh, what would you like to say to those people that are angry at what they see when they, when the truth is exposed, when the corruption is exposed? I think 2020, we've had it ongoing, but 2020 of the year of mass exposure of this corruption. And what we're currently going through is being exposed as a control drama and corruption. And as more people come into the realization of that they're going to get really angry about that so what do you want to say to them <laughs> our perspective is anger is the fuel for change mm -hmm. absolutely get angry because it is a <laughs> you started but don't get stuck in your anger because if you get stuck in the anger nothing will change you just perpetuate the old system of fighting yeah. that's not really a way of making change let the anger spark you into standing up and saying the truth and then take a more positive action. It is appropriate to be angry because anger tells you what you need to change within yourself and what you need to change within yourself is stop being passive and accepting everything that you are told. What you need to change within yourself is the ability to stand up and say, this isn't true and I'm not going to go by these guidelines. I'm going to follow the truth of the heart, cosmic truth. That's using anger appropriately. Then you can take positive action. For instance, 
If you don't like what you're being told about 5G, you can give up your cell phones. You can limit your use on your computers. There are many things that you can do when you realize that that is an energy that's being put into place to control you more and more. The Internet of Things is not your friend. Why do you say that? It's my friend. I'm, I'm using it right now to talk to you. I love it. You are not using the Internet of Things. You are using a technological program <clears throat> that allows you to connect to another technological program through your own choice. The Internet of Things automatically connects things and decides which ones you're able to connect to and which ones you're not allowed to connect to. You do not have the Internet of Things in place yet on your planet. Oh. But if you believe that you're going to have the Internet of Things and that it's going to be a good thing, then you are content to have your freedoms taken away from you. Okay, I don't really understand what the Internet of Things is. I thought the Internet of Things was the Internet we currently use. The Internet of Things is the connective devices that allow all computers to talk to one another so there is no longer any human choice. You are controlled entirely by who you're allowed to talk to, when you're allowed to talk, you are shown what you can buy, you Google information and you're shown not the entire truth, but what they want you to know. It is an artificial intelligence takeover of human life. And that is the entire purpose of 5G. It's not to speed up your internet. Okay, so it's somewhat in place. Because as you look at things, like I notice that if I look at an ad, that ad is shown to me repeatedly over and over and over and over and again. So it's somewhat in place, but it's not completely rolled out. Is that what you're saying? Yes, they are practicing with it. Yeah, they're they do practicing. Not control yet. Okay. This is why you stop it now before you have lost too much power. Stop it now while you still can. So how do we stop the Internet of Things? By not having a computer? That's one step. But the other step is to take it up with all of your governmental agencies in every country, in every city, in every province, in every state, in every aspect that you can say, we do not want 5G. We do not want this control. And get people who are in office of political positions to do something, to act on what you elect them to do. The other process is to stop using internet so much yourself. If you don't buy the newest model, then your money does not go towards their research and their application. Don't use smartphones because smartphones are a big step into being able to track you and control you. Instead, use more traditional phone calls use lesser EMF three-band telephones, or better yet, landlines, or Skype. Even Skype is better than a smartphone. Smartphones simply track everything you say, everything you email, every place you go, and everything you do. That is the beginning step of the Internet of Things. Mm hmm I see. Okay. Hmm, tricky. <laughs> Yes, because yes, yes, we have become, look, I'm completely dependent on technology, 
but I use this technology to deliver the messages that we're delivering now. So I, I use this technology to my advantage as opposed to it using me. And in addition to that, this technology also allows people to share with others truth when they find it. Different links, different videos, there is absolutely a good use to this technology. But watch your limits. Watch what things you can do without the higher versions, which are controlling you more and more and making you more and more dependent. Choose what you absolutely need and use it only for the purposes, as you were saying, that are spreading more light and more truth, not for the purposes that will control you eventually more and more and more. We tell you this because we have watched what has happened to your human species over the last hundreds of years. Each increment of control has come through taking away people's power and choice. And the highest power that you have as a species is the power of choice. So use it well. Know what you're choosing. Know what the ramifications of your choices are. This is your power. And we are supporting you to awaken to the full use of your power. And isn't the internet also um, a training ground for us being a more telepathic, more connected society in that way? That where, you know, like years ago, there was a movie made about the indigo children who are on their own internet as a telepathic grid and they all can talk to each other telepathically like we do on our internet but they do it telepathically aren't we moving more into that sort of society well we disagree that internet is helping that the indigo children you were speaking of have simply learned how to use a tool but that doesn't mean that tool is a tool for everyone that doesn't mean that that tool is promoting your telepathic abilities. You communicate water to water. That is from the water of one person to the water of another person. That's how your telepathic messages are transmitted. Internet is not a water element. It is something that trains you to think linearly, to read emails linearly, to connect with others in linear ways, not telepathically. So we don't see internet as an opening. Internet was designed by military intelligence to control people and to gain access to what people do and to gain access to understanding how to control them more. Internet was never intended to help you develop who you are. You as a species are smart enough and enough of you have awakened to turn that around somewhat and right. learn how to use Internet for a higher purpose. But that oh, does yeah. not mean it was intended to help you become more telepathic. Well, yes, there, there is a school of thought that the internet was created to, to create a more unified world and also to expand this consciousness that we're now talking about, to expand the messages from spirit, which it is doing through my shows and ma many others and through the work that you're doing. So I suspect there's a few different agendas. There is people that use the internet for their own agenda and uh, as you and I are using it, for our agenda. So there's a few different agendas here with the internet, but it has definitely created a more unified world. Would you agree? We would agree that it's created a more unified world. We would also agree that it has diminished your capacity to think. 
You read, you watch, you become passive with what you receive. You do not think in the ways that you did before internet. So therefore, that makes you more susceptible to being controlled. To view it only as being more unified because you communicate with more people is only seeing one side of the whole picture. It's good to see the good and the positive side, but you must also recognize the shadow side. Mm -hmm. So from your perspective, living outside of time, you've actually seen what you're talking about happen. Yes. That there was a timeline where uh, humanity or earth humans went into this um, controlled AI experience. Is that what, is that what has happened in a... It is very similar to what you know about Atlantis. Mm -hmm. It is very similar to what happened with the misuse of technology. Mm -hmm. And that very, very similar. However, the difference is humans now have evolved more in some ways more than they ever have. Right. And the energies are present on the earth to help you make an evolutionary leap. So you have more options and more personality options and availabilities to step outside of just being the personality and step more into your multidimensional consciousness. That's the opportunity before you. Humanity has never gone through exactly the evolutionary process that is available to you now. Right. So we wish very much for you to be able to take advantage of this opportunity rather than repeating an old pattern where you stuck to personality choices such as you did with Atlantis. Right. Okay. Sorry, there's a million things going through my head right now. Um, I've got to pick one. Increase radiation. So, all right. So to get practical, so what can people do to not get too um, dumbed down through the internet of watching stuff and not thinking for themselves? What would you suggest? I suppose it's a lot of what you've said in your recordings in um in healing practices trauma clearing um what would you suggest that people do to to choose a different timeline of and a more evolved society and not going down a controlled ai society wonderful question the first thing we would do is say to wake up and recognize that you are dependent on your technology and by being dependent you sacrifice your power and your freedom. That's the first step. Then when you accept that that is true and you look at it in depth and recognize that you don't have as much freedom as you believe you do and that you are being controlled in ways that you hadn't noticed, after you accept that that is the truth, then you can begin to change it. The most important thing you can do to begin to change it is to spend more time in nature. You are from this earth as well as being from the stars. You are both. So therefore, you cannot be aligned only with artificial technology, no matter what purpose it may serve. You must spend equal amount of time in nature without technological influence. Being in nature increases your telepathic abilities. Being in nature puts you in harmony with the universe and opens you to portals of energy that can help you expand and evolve. Technology will not do that. Technology will train your mind and keep you stuck as a slave to the mind. Being in nature opens your heart and opening of the heart is the path to evolution. 
as long as you're doing things at a mental level through the internet, you stay at a mental level. And that is easier to control because you can be trained into thinking whatever is put in front of you. When you go into nature and you align yourselves with the harmony and rhythms of the universe, you recognize through your heart what is true and what is not. And then you make choices and decisions based on the truth rather than based on what you've been told or your experience or training. So the second step is to be in nature at least 50% of the time. The third step would be get rid of your smartphones, each and every one of them. P and Cullen do not use a smartphone because they have listened to us. They recognize that this is a tracking device and that it is not good for them and their individuality. There are other methods of using telephones, landlines and lower vibrational third generation cell phones will work just fine for your purposes. Limit the time that you're on the internet. Don't allow yourself to scroll, moving from one thing to the next to the next. Go in for something that you are seeking to research and then let it go. Or read the emails and delete everything that is irrelevant and not important. Limit the time that you use on your technology. That would be the third step. The fourth one would be to step out and begin to seek eye contact, hand contact, heart-to-heart -heart contact with other human beings, other animals, trees, all of life, so that you recognize what life feels like rather than seeing it digitally on a screen. Those are four very good foundational steps to make a change. The fifth one would be stop buying the newest devices because when you stop buying, they'll get the message. Your current cultures are controlled by money. When you stop needing things that feed them money, they will get the message and you won't be as controlled as much. Does that give you some steps and guidelines? It does. It does. Um, I don't have that experience because I do everything. I do all my work on the internet, but I also spend a lot of time in nature. I have a beach right next door, which I like to visit every day. Uh, I don't always get there every day. But I have to say, as far as being discerning, I can understand that, you know, the reason I went on the internet was because I realized how hip hypnotic the internet can be in programming human minds but once you are connected to your own inner guidance then you have discernment with everything that I hear from every person I speak to I have my own guides that I can say tell me about that so I can be a bit more discerning and I think each of us can do that so we can still use technology but have our own inner guidance and inner wisdom for that discernment what would you say about that? We would say that that is a very wise statement. To use your own inner guidance and your own discernment. And we're not aiming this discussion at you either, may we say. But the most people who use internet do not even have an awareness of I agree. Guidance. And Absolutely. they don't understand what discernment is. Mm. They only know judgment, right mm. or wrong. Mm. They don't know how to discern truth from untruth. Mm -hmm. So a step that is taken has to be demonstrated by those who do understand that. Because if you don't teach by example and demonstrate it, the masses certainly are not going to give up their addiction. 
it must be identified and then demonstrated that you can live quite well in another way in order for the masses to stop. And it needs to be a mass change for everyone, for the species to survive. Otherwise, you will not survive 5D, 5G. 5G. In this third but Larkma, you don't speak to the masses. You speak to uh, people that are, you know, not the masses. I suspect they're the light workers or the light weavers or the new world teachers. So as the new world teachers, how do we speak to the masses? Because I don't think you're speaking to the masses. But, we would uh, say teaching by example, just exactly as we are saying now. Mm -hmm. When we say be unkind, do not use a smartphone and they limit their time on internet. The same for you. When you speak to people, educate them. Tell them that you spend equal amount of time in nature, that you recognize that, you, that the internet is very hypnotic. Tell those things to the people that you are working with, and they will tell others, and they will tell others. And as it begins to trickle down, people will let go of the addictions more easily, although it's a very, very big addiction. It is going to take a lot of movement to change it. But you are here to teach by example. That's why you are working with the light. Yes. I'm just looking at a couple of questions that I jotted down. What is your work in the world now? I think we've just covered that. I think you've covered everything. I've, I had um, being more engaged in expression of light from a spark to a flame listening to some of the recordings, you were talking about going from a spark to a flame. Do you want to expand on that? Yes, that is twofold. Going from a spark to the flame means, first of all, that you have rid yourself of your shadows, cleared your traumas, and can see clearly the light that you are, so your light grows. That's one meaning. The other meaning that is, is that as you connect with others who are working with light, you join a bigger fire. Your light joins to another light to another light and together they become a flame. So it is both individual and collective, both. That is what we mean by moving from a light to a flame. We also say in regard to the work that is being done now, that is your sole purpose, to be the light that you are and to extend that light into the world, to remember that you are beings of love and to love everything unconditionally. There is no more important work than that than your expansion towards multidimensionality. When you do that, it's easier to discern the truth from the lies. It's easier to make changes in the way that you want your world to manifest. Yes. So you were talking about getting off the internet but as you know humanity has been sent to its room and told not to go outside and so the internet is playing a bigger role in our lives than ever before but what i'm seeing around the planet is more love on the internet than i've ever seen before so just before we came on i had some friends singing kirtan speaking to groups of people that are interested in yoga and kirtan all over the world singing devotional songs so there is love on the internet we would say something that we tell people quite often even the dark serves the light mm -hmm. in this those who wish to control humanity had no idea that this was going to backfire 
Right. Humanity's wisdom and humanity's awareness of the lies they were being told and increasing their ability to connect with one another. You as a species have refused to be locked down. You as a species have refused to do this at some level. It is a first step in beginning to refuse to do the things that you are told. So you absolutely have used this tool for the greater benefit. We're speaking of the normal times when we say, don't fall back into old patterns. When the lockdown is released, consider the things that we have suggested about changing your lifestyle and reaching out to the things you missed, like being in nature more, or about, or about singing curtains with people in the presence where your tones can blend together rather than online, where mm -hmm. there is an artificial quality, even though it is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Spend your attention on focusing on being more life, more light, more love, and join your energies together. As you do this, you will learn more and more how to convert the things that are being used against you into something positive that you can use for you. Does that make sense? Well, look, absolutely. I totally agree with you when you say, you know, humanity has been underestimated. I've been chatting away with my mob too about this and they said the same thing that the amount of light in this world at this time was completely underestimated by people that are trying to control us and uh and they just keep telling me to watch watch what's going to happen watch watch it's such an exciting ride they just because as i see the lockdown and the constraints on our lifestyle and my linear mind goes into resistance like oh this is ridiculous then my higher mind says yes it's ridiculous but watch what's happening and that appreciation of nature um you know because we've been limited to the amount of nature we can do <laughs> the appreciation of nature has increased and as you say when the lockdowns cease a bit you know everyone's going to run outside and hug a tree well maybe i don't know <laughs> they could or just today on the beach as i said sydney's just opened its beaches there are so many people out there enjoying it with a new uh enthusiasm a new reverence for nature a new enthusiasm because it was taken away from them for you know only a couple of weeks but yeah so it's really interesting what's happening and we would like to encourage all of you who are listening to this to cherish your precious freedom mm -hmm. and to notice ways that it is trying to be taken away from you again and stand up as you are doing now in gratitude for what you have mm -hmm. and be strong and say, we're choosing a different path. We're going to do it differently now because we really recognize and appreciate the freedoms that we have. So therefore, we're going to do it like this joining your hearts together and doing things through love and light. Beautiful. All right. One more question. And I think that we'll let you go. It's been wonderful to talk with you. Pia and Cullen were talking about 2022, that there would be uh, some shifts. Do you want to expand on what's happening in 2022? Well, we don't work with linear time, as right. you know, mm -hmm. but the dates come from our perception of the flow of energies. Mm -hmm. From what we see, there is a flow of energies coming together where there are certain planetary influences that will make an alignment with your Earth 
in December of this year, causing an evolutionary leap and portals of opportunity to be open for bigger changes and more awareness of multidimensionality. Then you will stand from December of 2020, this year, moving into 2021 until October of 2022, practicing what you have experienced at the next level of awareness. In 2022, around your Gregorian time of October, but again, that's a linear time and everything is a process. Mm -hmm. Sometime around your October of 2022, there will be another energy where you step out of dualistic perceptions. October, if you look at the energies of it, the energy is one, which is a beginning, a unity of things coming together. The 22 of 2022 is two, two, two. 2022, three times of looking at duality. Duality is a number that has caused you much trouble, but in 2022, you will begin to understand how to use dualistic opposites more creatively. Having that two energy in there and being able to do it with creative input will have you seeing duality differently so you can have a more harmonious species and a harmonious life. There are five twos in the date that is set, supposedly. So you know it's a it is it, October. It's 22nd of the second 2022. Is that the date you're talking about? October 22nd of 2022. That is October. five twos. Five is the number of change. So you will absolutely change the way you see duality. And that's going to bring more peace because you'll see duality with a more harmonious perspective. So that will be happening around that time. So you have your work cut out for you and you have your fun already cut out for you too. Great opportunities coming your way. Yes. So just one more thing before you go. You speak a lot about uh, in terms of thinking of we instead of me. I had a beautiful man on the show the other day or the other week who's in a wheelchair and he kept referring to himself as we. And I said, I love the way you refer to yourself as we. And his explanation was, well, because I can't, he was paralyzed from the neck down, because I can't do anything, I can instruct someone to do it and then somebody has to do it. So I always say we. And, um, and then the synchronicity of listening to you channel or speak uh, through Pierre and Cullen and say, think in, your, think in terms of we. When you think of yourself, don't think of me, think of we. Do you want to expand on that a bit before we go? It's a way of taking your consciousness out of your individual ideas about who you are and your place in the world. When you begin to expand to think of others and yourself as being the same, and the spirit of what we call in Lakesh, I am another yourself, you automatically begin to think in different terms. Speaking by using the term we, as the man you interviewed did, is a practice step to begin to think because your speech follows your thoughts and vice versa. So if you begin to speak and practice by saying we, you automatically begin to think in terms of others as well as yourself. It is a step towards moving you into thinking of making every choice for the highest good of all in unity. Beautiful. Well, with that, I'll end it. Ah, that is just such a powerful message. Yeah, when you say I this, I thought about this, I did that, 
start saying we. Yeah, because, you know, uh, I was saying to uh, David, the man I interviewed, that the queen always says we because she's always talking about God and I, God and the throne. And so she refers to herself as we. And I'm thinking if the queen can do it, we can all do it, right? <laughs> we should all do it. We should, we should all do it. it. Yeah. She's yes. not the only one that's connected to the God that she speaks about, yes. So think in terms of we. Lakma, thank you so much for being with us. It's such a joy to meet you online, even though it was online. <laughs> thank you, dear one. Thank you. We are looking forward to this time of light, love, and evolutionary growth with all the humans who choose this auspicious path. We are standing here with you, supporting you, helping you, and loving you. We love you. Good always. Thank you. <clears throat> Hi, Karen. <laughs> Takes us, it takes us a few seconds to fully come back into ourselves. No, I know, I know that feeling well. <laughs> well, that was an unexpected conversation. It was not where I thought I was going to take the conversation, but I just let it go to where it went. Yes. Mm, well, interesting. If it's your program in any way that you choose, you can edit whatever. Oh, if no, I'm not going to edit it because, you know, I'm just going to let what is, is. You know, when you okay. argue with reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, was really interesting. Uh, it was really interesting You're talking about our technology because I have to say she's, they were talking about me. I'm completely addicted to technology like everybody else. Um, but then I use it for my agenda and my agenda is to expand consciousness. So I'm definitely using the technology for the expansion of consciousness rather than it using me. I mean, I know that it listens to my conversations and it knows what I like to eat and what I like to shop, but then I know I have choice in that, that yes. I can, you know, I can just ignore the ads that are put in front of me all the time. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, we have to, we have to see the positive in, in any, any situation or any, any circumstance that, that is coming from duality. And the internet is a perfect example of, it has a very positive ability. Mm. Yes, to connect people heart to heart. Mm. That is wonderful. And people have argued now for several decades that the world is more connected because of the internet. And that is true. There's no doubt about that. That's using it as an opportunity. Mm. The downside is the addictive part or the controlling part. But as long as we can use it to connect hearts, to connect people, then we have to see that as a positive and we have to continue to use it as we can. And I see that as a very good example of using a tool that can have dualistic examples of yes yes, yes. and no 
Yes, yes. Like, well, what we're doing right now. Look, I, my brother came to stay with me for a few months, a year before last, I think it was. And I watched him come home and sit on the chair and just scroll through Instagram like a zombie. And I talked to him, huh? You know, and I've watched that and I was like, wow. You know, like I was like, wow. Yeah. Like a zombie, like not, you know, just. Whew. So yeah, I, I can see that it has that effect. I can see that it can, it can have that effect, but. And I know that I can get a bit addicted to scrolling through Facebook, but, um, but then I'm using it. There's an agenda that I'm using it for. I'm looking for, I don't know, even know what I'm looking for, but I'm constantly looking for maybe people to co have conversations with. I don't know. There's, um, I'm not looking for something that's personal to me. Like I'm not looking for a lover or more chocolate or clothes or shoes. I'm, there's another agenda that's flowing through me that has me searching on the internet and it, it, it's a it's a it's an agenda for humanity do you know do you know what i mean yes, yes. we do and one of the things i wanted to say is that this past summer we went to a wedding and i was standing pretty near where the bride and groom were having their wedding shots photographed and the minute they had their wedding shots finished they didn't say a word to each other. They separated and they each picked up their smartphones and started. And that's what we're trying to educate people to stop. I mean, you've got a person you just married and you want to spend your life with standing there, connect with them. <laughs> You're on your smartphone. That's hilarious. I've seen, I've seen memes of people that are at the altar and she's on her smartphone. What? Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, what, you're, what you are talking about is you're using the internet as an evolved connecting tool to help people connect with one another in, in an enlightening way, in a positive way. And there's absolutely no downside of that. Yeah. It's, you're, you're, doing, you're doing what you can do to help all of us create unity consciousness yeah. We see no fault in, in using and utilizing the internet. In fact, we do the same. We have two different blog sites, one on piaorlean.com and one on larkma.com. Yeah. Two different streams of information going out for people who want to pick up on other perspectives, see if they can expand, find something different. So we agree. Yeah, that we, have, we agree that, that, that the, the few who are using the internet in this kind of spiritually based conscious way it's terrific and it it's making a difference because without these connections we wouldn't know what's going on and we wouldn't be connected to the bigger truth so mm -hmm. what what we're participating in is absolutely making a positive difference and we we are completely behind that kind of activity and that kind of action i think that's what larkma says about even the dark what they said a little while ago the dark even the light moves towards the dark. It mm -hmm. always does. So even if there's something negative, we always have the option to turn it into something positive, do yeah. something different. Don't use I think, it more. I think um, Bashar had a, he was talking about his, his uh, evolution of his um, society. Do you know who Bashar is? Yes. Lanka. And he said something recently, and I posed the question. Uh, he said, we don't want 
your society, what happened to our society, we don't not want that to happen to you. And my question was, what happened to you? And I think that through this conversation, that has been answered. I think that what happened to them was this uh, AI or, or something. I don't know. I'd have to ask Daryl or Bashar, but obviously they've come back from their future time to warn humanity as well, which is probably what Larkma are doing too. Because the thing about Larkma is that she, they, I say she because it was you speaking, Pia, but um, they, they seem pretty determined to get that message out there. Like they were pretty determined. Yeah. That's interesting. I have to say, Karen, it's really interesting because, you know, in the beginning of this show, we talked about how Larkma is one of six and six of one. They, had, they used to speak with primarily one speaker most of the time for a long time. And then one day, all of a sudden, somebody else came out and Cohen said, that was different. That was a different voice. And then they started rotating voices more and more. And the voices that choose to speak up now are much more assertive, much more definite, much more trying to get attention. Um, not quite as soft. Yeah, some, some of the people who have been following Larkma for years noticed this, and, and they said, well, it appears as though the kid gloves have been taken off. <laughs> and the, and the, Larkma is becoming more definite, as Pia said, and yeah. more, more powerful in trying to get us to understand what's truly going on on this planet. But they always say two other things besides that. No matter how assertive they are and definite they are, they always say two things. They say, first of all, don't believe us. We're giving you our perspective. Yes. Trust your hearts. Your hearts have all the wisdom you need, not what we say, what you feel. Yes. If you feel what we're saying is true, your hearts tell you the truth. I yes. forgot the other thing. No, I, 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 I agree. I look... I've been speaking to teachers for 20, 25 years. And uh, with everyone that I've listened to, I've always listened to my own inner guidance. Yes. It doesn't matter. Look, when I was young and in my 30s and, for, and knew at all this, and there were all these older people coming through that had been doing it for years, you know, they had this superiority and seniority. But yet when I'd hear them speak, if it didn't resonate with me, you know, I could take bits of it, but I'd have to listen to my own, to my own inner wisdom, regardless Absolutely. of, yeah. And, I, and that's what I suggest everybody else does. But then that inner wisdom shifts as you do too. So yes. what I couldn't listen to then I could listen to later and then I couldn't listen to it later. So it just, it's, it's, it's shifting with your evolutionary stage, I suspect. Absolutely. It is. And the other point that Larkma always brings up is when they tell, tell humans things, they say, we're telling you this and we have no judgment about what you do. We're right. just telling you the repercussions. We're telling you what we see. We're sharing our perspective. You have the power of choice. How this works out doesn't have to do with what we're telling you. It has to do with what you choose. And, and in those choices that, that we humans have, Larkma continually says, the reason we don't make predictions is because of your human choice, you are manifesting changes constantly, every, every moment, every second. And that's why there's no definite paved path. Mm -hmm. It's emerging and it's evolving all the time. Yeah. And I, I really like that perspective because that allows us 
to maneuver and navigate how we make the choices and how those choices change the future, even though there is no future. It's fluid. It's fluid. Yeah. Well, they were very insistent on us getting rid of our smartphones, and I'm thinking, good luck with that. Look, I've often thought my brother works in IT, and you know, years ago when I had a Hotmail account, I had a very uh, obvious password, and he said, you should change that. And I said, why? I said, someone could hack your emails and read your emails, and I'm like, well, they'd be reading lots of positive messages. Let them go for it. <laughs> Like they can read them. If they want to read them, they can read them. So I'm not too worried about being listened to, you know, like I, so Google's listening to my every conversation and everything I look at it. There, it doesn't worry me, you know, like if it wants to present me with stuff that I think about, then I still am a choice. So I know that I have choice in everything that's presented to me. So it doesn't worry me about this control that everyone's worried about. It doesn't worry me. And I That's think a great that, yeah, I think we could all be a little bit more relaxed about it. But Lachma was very insistent on this control drama. But I know, you know, I have seen it, as I said, with my brother. I, I have seen the way that media controls people and I get it. I get it. We just have to become more discerning and more empowered in our own choices. Yeah. Mm. Yep, absolutely. Someone someone told us recently, you, you may already know about this, that the, the Hollywood movers and changers um, have decided that they don't like using smartphones anymore. And many Hollywood celebrities are giving up their smartphones and buying old flip phones or old slide phones because they want to go in a more peaceful way rather than a more aggressive way. And I have no idea if that's true or not. But that's what we use. We have no problem at all with our little three-band phone. It's perfect. It gets everything that we need to do. Yeah. Well, I haven't heard of that, but I have to say I've got a 3 million apps on my phone that I don't use. <laughs> Maybe exaggerating a bit, but I do love the fact that I can take photographs on my phone. To me, that's the best thing of my phone is the camera. <laughs> it's like, I just love it. You know, I think about leaving my phone at home when I go to the beach, but I think, but there's going to be so much beauty that I'll want to capture. <laughs> So I take it with me. <laughs> so um, our, anyway. our old dumb phones have cameras too. Maybe we need to invent. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, it's a, yes. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting subject. It's, it's, um, it's an interesting subject. Maybe someone will invent technology that has things that we need that doesn't necessarily, I don't know, technology. I don't know. I think, I, we put the need out there. I think, that's com I think that's coming, yes. actually. I think in the next two years, we're going to see many new products that are more helpful, less problematic, less harmful. I, I think, actually, those things are on the way. Um, one thing Larkma has talked about since we met them was they constantly say, your medicine and your technology are barbaric and antiquated. And that there is so much, there is so much room for improvement. And I think that improvement, as I just said, is coming to us soon. Yes. Well, I absolutely agree about the medicine. I have felt like that all my life. I always feel like I've come from the future when I look at the way we treat disease and health in this. Yes. It is absolutely prehistoric. I absolutely yes. prehistoric. I absolutely agree with that. As far as technology, I don't know, I'm not a tech whiz. So the technology to me is pretty 
you know, mind blowing, but I know there's amazing technology out there to, to come. And I actually yes. love technology. And, you know, one of the other amazing teachers I've had on the show, Penny Kelly, was shown a future where we were using technology to stay connected, but then we were living more grounded, earth-based mm -hmm. lives. So we were living in what she calls the family groups, which, which is uh, translated into communes or communities mm -hmm. that the young people are all, you know, wanting to try and get happen, mm -hmm. but their third dimensional programming doesn't let them because they're all their egos get in the way and they will fight with each other. <laughs> but coming together in family groups, but using technology, there was a technology she was shown. It was like a dome that was over the, what was called the kitchen garden. She said there was no food in the cupboard because all the food was in the garden. So, but there was a technology over the dome that was a technology we don't have that would allow the kitchen garden to flourish in any weather. It had its mm -hmm. own atmosphere. So, so technology is expanding and evolving, but then we're kind of going back to the earth as well. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting where we're going. Yeah, with all of this. Yeah. We're hopeful, we're hopeful that, that the interest in community and the interest in realizing our potential as a unified species and the goodness that we can bring forth, we think we're going to see a lot of that in the next couple of years. It's, it's going to blossom. It's definitely going to blossom and bloom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look after the Australian fires. A lot of people who lost their homes uh, are all talking about coming together in, in a more unified community to help each other if something like that happened again it actually brought people together in a way in australia that had never happened before so anyway we've been yakking for ages and i want to let you guys go uh it's been just amazing i look forward to meeting you down under at the end of the year and continuing the conversation we'll we'll talk again on our internet system before then i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much thank, Karen. thank you this was a great interview we enjoyed our time with you very much I enjoyed it too. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. All right. Bye-bye for now. Wow. What an amazing show with Pia. Pia and Cullen. It was really unexpected, actually. I, um, with LACMA, I just didn't expect it to go where it went. But Pia and um, Cullen and I were speaking afterwards. I think we, sp we recorded that. Maybe we didn't, I can't remember what we recorded and what we didn't, but we spoke at length after I turned off the ear recording about them coming to Australia and a few other things um, about the different frequencies, the different energies that come through, even though it's one group, they say they are six of one and, and, and one of six or six of eight or eight of, anyway, one of eight and eight of one. But there, there are a few different energies that come through the collective. And she said that, or they said that, uh, some energies that come through are very determined and direct and forceful and some are much softer and more allowing uh, so it was really interesting it was really interesting but uh, speaking to them after LACMA finished you really felt the difference I actually enjoyed talking to them more than I did to LACMA yeah it was fasc fascinating and unexpected but as I mentioned, the two of them are, or as they mentioned, are in Cyprus in, um, in Europe. And they were telling me that lockdown is so severe there that they're actually not allowed out of their home without a pass. 
they have to actually be documented to leave their house. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding? Because uh, it's not like that in Sydney. Uh, even though there are people yelling on the beach to like, you know, do stuff and get in line and don't dawdle and so on and so forth. It's still pretty chill and relaxer here, but not in Europe. Wow. Yeah, we're in some crazy times, aren't we? Wow. But as you know, I have a sense of humor and I like to laugh. I don't think I did too much laughing on that show. But Pierre and Cullen were both saying, or Cullen and Pierre were both saying, you know, you've got to, you've got to maintain your sense of humor through all of this. And I said, I know the memes going around Facebook are hilarious and I'm posting them on Instagram and Facebook all the time. And they both looked at me and they said, what's a meme? I said, oh, because they don't use Facebook or Instagram. They're not on the internet, right? They're not on their smartphones. They don't have a smartphone. Uh, so I had to tell them what a meme was and they laughed. I told them a few of the memes that I posted and they laughed. And they said, oh, yeah, you've got to maintain a sense of humor through all of this. You just have to maintain a sense of humor. But, uh, uh, yeah, I loved that. I'll, I'll look forward to listening back to it, actually, when I edit it. But it was um, it challenged me on many levels. Listening to their recordings challenged me too, the, the, the channelings from Laakma, because they're very forceful and they're very into sort of right and wrong, whereas I'm a bit more relaxed about it. But it was interesting to say, you know, we don't come from a polarised society of right and wrong, so when we speak of right, right and wrong, it's like one energy to them. Although when, we, when it's translated into third dimensional reality, it, there is this definite line between right and wrong, good and bad, um, so it's, 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 it's really fascinating, interesting, fascinating, fascinating. So they're coming down under in December. Mm, that'll be great. That'll be great. 2022, more changes. We're in for some exciting times. You just got to love it. Just got to get on that surfboard and ride the wave. You just got to ride the wave. Look, I hope you're all enjoying it. I hope you're keeping your sense of humor. These are crazy times. The third dimensional reality is crumbling uh yeah it's a good time to be on earth it really is never a dull moment at the moment never a dull moment i'm not going to say too much more it's been a long conversation and um lots more coming up paul uh Selleck did finally reschedule so he is coming up on the show so i'm going to chat to him and his mob his guides and um lots of other people and I'm doing every week in the Inner Sanctum now. Since lockdown started, I have been online every week. And what I do is I am usually online every second week. There's me and then I have a guest teacher once a month. But what I've been doing is doing Facebook Lives on Fridays or I'm doing one with Mary Rodwell this Saturday on Facebook. Saturday Australian time, it'll be Friday afternoon, evening US time and late at night in Europe. Uh, so Mary's going to have a chat with me. I don't know what we're going to chat about. We just thought I just thought I'd do a Facebook live with her. She's coming into the Inner Sanctum to be a guest teacher in the Inner Sanctum in September, where people get to meet her and ask her questions. The Facebook lives is us two chatting, and then people can tap in their questions. But it's not you don't get to meet her online, you know, in the flesh online, <laughs> so to speak. But um, yeah, so what I've been doing on the Inner Sanctum is just inviting surprise teachers to come in. So we're kind of doing two, uh, two, one to two guest teachers a month instead of, and, and as, as I say, I'm on every week, you know, teaching and my mob chatting and so on and so forth. And uh, it's a great group of people. We're having so much fun and lots of transformation happening. And uh, it's just wonderful. I really love it. I really enjoy it. We're only a small group. 
it's not hundreds we're just like a, do a dozen uh, or so you know there's more people that are actually members that don't come online they just listen to the recordings which I don't prefer but they don't want to show they don't want to be on live they just want the recording so that's their choice uh, so anyway do join us it's not scary at all we're a small group of and we just talk about all this stuff and help each other expand and grow and it's really fun really beautiful and uh, remember to buy the book awakened by death and i love you all bye for now big love